If you've been going through perimenopause or menopause, you know the struggle to find comfort in your body is real. No matter what you try, no matter what you do, you're just feeling off. That's why I'm so excited that I found Hormone Harmony. It's not just a supplement for women going through perimenopause, menopause or postmenopause, it's become a phenomenon. Women cannot stop talking about it on social media and a bottle of Hormone Harmony is sold every 24 seconds. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony is dedicated to making your life easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality and it shows. And the best part, the biggest benefit is feeling like yourself again. That's what women mention over and over in their reviews. And there are over 17,000 reviews for Hormone Harmony. So check with your doctor before beginning any other supplement or strategy to address your health care. And if you're curious and want to give it a try, for a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code GETNAKED at the checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code GETNAKED for 15% off today. Welcome to Get Naked with Dr. Kate. I'm your host, Dr. Kate Balistrieri, a Beverly Hills-based psychologist, certified sex therapist, and the founder of Modern Intimacy. Thanks for joining me here where I talk about sex, relationships, mental health, and dive into your questions with practical answers and real solutions. Each week, I share insights aimed at helping you build an authentic and healthy relationship with yourself, with others, and with your sexuality. It's time to get naked emotionally, mentally, and on your own time, physically. Welcome everyone. It is so good to be here with you today. Today I'm going to do a solo episode and answer some of the questions that you have been sending in. And I really appreciate you taking the time to do that. For those of you who want to send in a question, feel free to email your questions to question at getnakedpodcast.com. I'll answer a couple of questions once a month in an episode And today I'm really excited to get started. We have had some really good ones. So the first question reads, I've been in a relationship with the most amazing man for the past six years, but lately I've been experiencing limerence for someone else. I cherish my partner, but I'm afraid that I might not be attracted to him anymore. He works so hard to make me orgasm when we have sex but I'm extremely bored with our sex life and don't know how to make it better. I'm wondering if opening our relationship will help in this situation. I keep imagining myself sleeping with other guys, but don't know if it would be healthy for me to ask my boyfriend to open our relationship because of this attraction that I have for someone else. Wow. This is a question that I get in in various forms so often working with folks in therapy And I think it's a question that most people in relationships ask themselves from time to time about how to keep things hot and whether or not they can be with one person or if expanding their relationship and inviting in more partners is the solution. And the thing is, humans are really wired toward novelty being something that's exciting. So it makes sense that a lot of folks would start to fantasize about being with new partners or introducing new kinds of sexual activity into the relationship. So whether or not it's healthy for partners to open their relationship really depends on 
what each partner thinks about monogamy and how important monogamy is to them. For a lot of folks, monogamy has become an experience or an expectation of relationship that's quite compulsory. And they enter into this trajectory or this path of their relationship where monogamy is the expectation and it's the only quote unquote right way to be in relationship. But what sex therapists and couples therapists understand to be true is that monogamy exists on a continuum, just like sexual orientation, just like gender. And so there are lots of different ways to create fidelity agreements that can protect a partnership or a relationship while also introducing other partners into the mix. And whether or not it's going to be good for this particular couple really depends on how they both feel about that and whether or not they have really strong communication around what fidelity means to them if they do invite in new partners and how well they really get clarity with one another about what they're seeking in the experience. So for some people, inviting new partners into their their relationship together can be a way they actually can enhance their monogamous sexual experience. I know that sounds paradoxical. How can you have a monogamous sexual experience with other partners? Well, it all depends on how you frame your relationship and how you see the romantic or the sexual experiences with other people fitting in. So for a lot of folks, they will kind of reframe monogamy in a way that really suggests that their monogamy is more open. So what does that mean? It means they might engage with other couples or go go to swinger events. They might go to sex clubs together and play with other people, but with each other and in each other's presence. For a lot of folks, that can be a really nice balance between prioritizing their partnership and staying emotionally faithful and um, financially faithful with each other, but creating an expansive playground for novelty with other partners or limiting the kinds of exposures that they have to other people, meaning they're not necessarily looking for a long-term romantic additional relationship, but they're open to sexual experiences that include their partner. So if that doesn't feel available, I think that couples who find themselves in this place really would benefit from having a real conversation about what other kinds of novelty they can work into their partnership. So that might mean sourcing some ethically produced porn together, or it might mean trying new toys or role plays or introducing a kind of kink into their play. Really getting curious about what it is that the fantasy of being with other people provides can give you a lot more options on how to recreate some of that same energy and fun and excitement within your two-person partnership. All right, our next question actually came through the DMs on my Instagram, and this person gave me permission to read their question on the podcast and answer because it's one that I get a lot. So this person writes, hey, I have a couple of questions. I am an 18 year old man and I'm having trouble ejaculating while having sex. I can ejaculate fine when I watch porn or when I masturbate. However, when I'm physically having sex with a partner or receiving oral sex, I cannot ejaculate. 
Do I have what people call delayed ejaculation? How do I fix this? Should I see a sex therapist? This is a question that I am hearing a lot more in sessions, on social media, and even when I'm just out and about. Lots of folks are getting curious about why their relationship with ejaculation is different when they're by themselves watching porn and masturbating versus when they're with a partner. And here's the thing. There are a few different possibilities about what could be happening, but for the most part, somebody who is 18 is likely more conditioned to experience pleasure through solo sex and with the stimulus of pornography. So when they're with a partner, what's probably happening is two things. One, they're accustomed to pleasure when they're by themselves watching this stimulus, watching porn. So their body experiences the conditioning of pleasure and the excitement of pleasure without the interfering stimuli of somebody else in the room who has expectations, who has hopes, who's having an experience. Maybe they're experiencing pleasure, maybe not. Um, and they have their own sounds, they have their own smells, they have their own movements. So there's a lot of sensory information that can sometimes interfere with somebody's experience of pleasure, especially if they have had more solo sex than they have partnered sex, because the body then gets used to experiencing pleasure and orgasm without these other interfering sensory experiences. So when you bring a partner into the room, the body now gets flooded with, oh my gosh, there's so much to process. There's so much going on. And sometimes that can delay an ejaculation because the, the body's taking more time and gets more distracted to really kind of sit with pleasure and have that embodied pleasure experience. So having more partnered sex can sometimes um, help somebody find their orgasm faster and get to orgasm faster um, because they'll get more comfortable having other people around or having other people's stimuli or sensory data around. What can happen is when you're with a partner, now all of a sudden you're worried about whether or not they're having a good time. And that can sometimes get in the way of people feeling really primed for pleasure. If you're really used to experiencing an orgasm through the stimulation of your own hand through masturbation, it might be challenging to have somebody somebody else's body recreate those same sensations. Nobody else's mouth or vagina or anus can really replicate the same sensations that your own hand can replicate. You know how your body feels, you know what your body likes. And so again, you might just be really conditioned to experience pleasure in this way. So if you want to work with a sex therapist, they will likely talk to you a little bit about the cadence of your masturbation, how frequently you're having partnered sex, and they're going to help you decide, is this related to anxiety? Is it related to um, a lack of experience with a partner? Is it related to overconditioning with um, porn and masturbation? And might you want to create more expansive opportunities for pleasure in your body and how you can do that even on your own so that you're not getting so accustomed to the ritual of watching certain kinds of stimuli and having certain kinds of embodied pleasure. 
So to answer your question, it's not clear if you have what people call delayed ejaculation, but it might be worth talking to a sex therapist to have a deeper conversation so that you can get clarity and peace of mind about how you like to receive pleasure, how you like to experience pleasure, and whether or not there are any other things to take into consideration as you continue to experience partnered sex versus solo sex. All right, our next question reads, in my relationship, I feel sexually unsatisfied because my boyfriend rarely initiates sex. He's communicated that it's because of past issues, but he only told me that after I became very distant and upset. I have a high sex drive and intimacy is my preferred method of connection. I find myself constantly upset because I feel like our dynamic is more friend-like. He rarely initiates any kind of affection, especially affection that doesn't lead to sex. Am I being unreasonable? I've talked with him about it multiple times, but nothing has changed. Oh, this sounds so hard and like you feel so stuck and I can so appreciate how frustrating it might be for you both to be in this kind of dynamic. So it's hard to know what's going on for your partner, but it sounds like there's something that has happened in his past that is an impediment to intimacy, or at least the kind of intimacy that you are craving. I hear you saying that your boyfriend rarely initiates sex, and I'm really curious about what happens when you initiate sex. Does that help the two of you spark some intimacy? Is it his initiation that's important to you? Is there something about him making that first move that allows you to feel more in touch with your own erotic energy? If that's not a big part of what is exciting for you, I wonder if you stepping in and initiating could be something that helps you really create more of the intimate context that you're looking for. Now, depending on what's happening for your partner, maybe sex is off the table completely for them and they need to work on some recovery, maybe from trauma or maybe something in their body is off. But I think that that's a worthwhile conversation to have if you haven't had it already. But your question really hits me. Am I being unreasonable? No, you're not being unreasonable. And it may be that your partner is not aligned with you in this way. And if that's the case, and the two of you have different expectations or desires for sexual intimacy in your partnership, then you may be looking at a bigger question about whether or not you're really compatible and whether or not you approach relationships in enough alignment that it's going to work for you both. Now, hopefully your partner is willing to have these conversations and the two of you can find some resolution, but if not, it's really important for you to be clear about what kind of relationship you're looking for. If being with a partner who shares your high sex drive is something that's really important to you in a partnership, it might be incumbent on you to think about whether or not you want to move on from this relationship. Now, it might be that this is a temporary situation, and if your boyfriend does lean into whatever might be holding him back, the two of you can have a really flourishing sex life in the future. It may also be true that the two of you have really different expectations about what a long-term relationship looks like and where sex is prioritized in how you make that work. 
So it's, I think, a deeper question for you to ask and have answered. And if you don't have that question answered in a way that you feel satisfied and in a way that does really elicit a shift in your partnership, then unfortunately it's on you to start making some decisions about whether or not this is a partnership that you feel really met in and whether or not it's the kind of partnership you want to continue investing your energy in. The last thing I'll say about this is that a lot of women are conditioned to stay in relationships much longer than it actually benefits them to stay. Now we could go on a long tangent about sexism and how women are conditioned to hold everything together, but I want to remind everyone listening, regardless of your gender, that if a relationship is not serving you, if it is not adding something to your life in terms of safety, attachment, invigoration, inspiration, Um, If you do not feel met in a relationship, you don't have to stay in that relationship. And if you feel like you are doing an inequitable amount of labor to keep the relationship going, that's a really good indication that it's time to step back and evaluate how important balance is to you in a partnership. Because some folks really have an expectation that their partner is going to do all of this emotional lifting the emotional heavy lifting. And that can really be cumbersome in a long-term partnership. And when you have one partner who is not able to make the changes that they say they want to make, well, that's a different scenario too. And you may have to ask yourself if you're willing to wait. And Some people might say, yeah, I am, because there's so many other things about this partnership that are so wonderful, and I'm willing to grow together, even if this part of the relationship takes longer than I would like. But at some point, you may reach a threshold where you're not willing to wait, or it doesn't feel like it's ever going to change. And that's a really painful place, but but one that can make space for the kind of partnership or dynamic in your life that does feel really invigorating, that does feel really vitalizing and exciting. Okay, well, thank you to everyone who submitted questions this time around. If you have a question, again, you can email question at getnakedpodcast.com. I'm looking forward to reading what you want to know about Doing this podcast is something that's so important to me because I think it is a really great way for folks to get information without necessarily even having to be in therapy. And if you agree and you think this information has been helpful, useful, whether it's this episode or others, feel free to go on Apple Podcast and leave a glowing review. Every review that we get helps bring the podcast to more people. So I will thank you if you think this is good and you want to let us know. I appreciate that feedback. Also, let me know if there's something you want me to cover. You can email that to question at getnakedpodcast.com as well. All right, everyone. We'll see you next week. Take care. 
Thank you for listening to Get Naked with Dr. Kate. Stay connected with me on Instagram and TikTok at Dr. Kate Balistrary. Everyone has questions, and I want to answer as many as I can. So feel free to email your questions to question at getnakedpodcast.com. If you're looking for a free 30-minute consultation with me or someone on my team, visit modernintimacy.com. And don't forget to join our newsletter, Modern Intimacy, on Substack. Let's meet back here next week. A new episode drops every Tuesday. Disclaimer, this podcast is not a substitute for therapy and does not constitute a professional relationship with Dr. Kate Balistrieri or Modern Intimacy. This podcast is strictly for education and entertainment purposes only. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.